We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. This is our Wednesday edition of the All-America Podcast, where we will look ahead to Week 8 after a stellar Week 7 last week. I think everybody can't wait to have the college football season resume once again. We will uh, preview our Viewing windows for Saturday, our confidence contest update, a little trochi trivia, and we'll make our picks for the weekend. Bill, when you look at the slate for week eight, anything stand out to you? Um, you know, five ranked games as usual, a fun weekend. Uh, coming off last weekend, more momentum for toward the college football playoff race. The first half of the season is typically about setting the table. Now, every week, you know, there, there's two or three games, and I see them on here that kind of define the playoff race. We get two on that list that we published the other day. I mean, the the Clemson-Syracuse game, obviously huge. Um, Texas-Oklahoma State will be fun, but, you know, the Pac-12 gets the spotlight this weekend. UCLA Mm -hmm. and Oregon, biggest game on the schedule. Definitely, yeah. It's going to be very fun. Very fun week indeed. We uh, So let's go through our viewing windows as we do each week. On our Wednesday podcast, we look at the the Saturday Saturday noon window, the Saturday afternoon window, and the Saturday evening window. Talk about the biggest games, what to look for. Uh, So we will start with the the Saturday noon. There's no good, no must see games on Thursday or Friday night this week. And I kind of peeked ahead the rest of the season. I don't see too many uh, must see Thursday, Friday night national uh, implication type games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We will start with uh, Saturday, Saturday at noon, and the biggest one, you just mentioned it. It's it's in the ACC, and we've got uh, Syracuse against Clemson. That's going to be noon on ABC, and Clemson is a 13.5-point favorite. Uh, Syracuse, they've played five of their first six games at home, and they needed some late heroics in two of them. Um, I, I was not really on the Syracuse bandwagon for a while. I thought they were lucky against Purdue. Uh, they got the winning touchdown with seven seconds left. They beat Virginia 22 to 20. Virginia is nothing to really write home about this year. Uh, but I started to look closer at the numbers when I was getting ready for, for this podcast to see, you know, how Syracuse has been doing it. Garrett Trader, he's got good numbers, uh, 70% completion. He actually has a higher QB rating than DJ for Clemson um, and only one team has scored more than 20 points against Syracuse. And that was Purdue at 29. Uh, Purdue has a very good offense. Uh, so they're, they're sixth in the nation in scoring defense. Clemson's got that home winning streak and will certainly be a challenge, but Syracuse is basically better than I thought is my point. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Um, six and zero. Oh, you have to go all the way back to, you know, 1987 and Don McPherson. He was, I remember actually watching him play and, and I had to go back and look that dude averaged 10.2 yards per attempt, finished second in the Heisman voting. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks for a team. I didn't really care about when I was growing up. And um, so I was in a bar one time. Yeah. All right. Uh, go. Yeah. Just go right after school. I was like working at a suburban newspaper in Boston and we we're having a few beers after, after working and um don mcpherson was at the bar nice and we invited him over to our table we talked to him for like half an hour great guy we were discussing i remember we were discussing how much we should publicize a high, like a high school quarterback if he got in trouble for drinking and had to be suspended and how, what was the responsible way to kind of report that in the news and is a high school kid a high school right. quarterback enough of a public figure to discuss that and he had some interesting thoughts but it was really cool it was really that, that that's yeah. my don mcpherson memory he was yeah. I, he was a cool guy i just remember him throwing it deep and they they would <laughs> dial it deep with him so this is their best team since and they lost 17 to 14 to clemson last year they slowed them down sean tucker 157 yards in that game 
five and one against the spread this season. A lot of reasons to like that line, at least, which we can get into later with our picks. But um, I still think Clemson wins the game. Uh, DJ Uwanga Lele is playing great football. Ten touchdowns, one interception the last four weeks. Um, they're at home. I, I'll I'll believe it when I see somebody beat them at home. Granted, Cle- Syracuse had that close shave with them. I think it was four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, Clemson's just too good at home. And, and if you're a playoff hopeful outside of the ACC, you are rooting for Syracuse this weekend. You want Clemson knocked off because I think it would be easier for Syracuse to get knocked off later. That close shave you you brought up with Chase Bryce came mm-hmm. to the rescue for Clemson exactly, and uh, in place of Trevor Lawrence that was. Uh during their national championship season. Honorable mention for the Saturday noon window. And like you said, it's sort of a tough sell. Iowa, Ohio State. Intrigue here, the number one scoring offense in the nation against the number three scoring defense in the nation. So make sure you watch when C.J. Stroud is taking on this Iowa defense, then go back to Syracuse Clemson or, or whatever you're, you're watching to your, your favorite team. Um, I feel like, you know, in this era of football, and I've seen – Nick Saban say it, good offense beats good defense. And uh, we will find out Saturday in this game. You know, I can't see Iowa being able to keep it close, especially when, you know, the offense is not going to put the defense in favorable field position type situations. Uh, they, Iowa beat them 55 to 24 the last time they played, and nobody in Columbus has forgotten about that game. So mm. <laughs> I think Ohio State will be locked in. Um, the, their offense will score points and then their defense i was the problem isn't going to be i was defense the problem is going to be i was offense not getting anything going and eventually your defense breaks like they could have a strong first quarter i think they and then ohio state will just wear them out and it'll get out of control by the second half it's at home i think ohio state's played one road game to this point which is crazy i mean we're we're middle of October and they've only played one road game. So, and I think they're going to look to be sharp because that Penn state game's coming up and that is an actual road game that, that they're going to have to play well in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that Iowa, Ohio state is noon, the big Fox noon game and Ohio state is a 29 point favorite Saturday afternoon. Number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon, uh, Fox or FS1, I'd imagine it would be Fox, but they haven't announced it yet. Uh, that's going to be a 3.30 start. Oregon comes in as a six-point favorite. Another team that you just mentioned, Ohio State's been at home the whole season. Syracuse has been at home the whole season. UCLA has played five home games and only one road game so far. And that was to Colorado, who only has one win this season. Um, so this is going to be a factor, I think. Uh, you know, Autzen Stadium is one of the – it's going to be jumping. It's one of the great environments in all of college football. You know, UCLA has not been tested on the road this year. So we'll, they will certainly get a test. They, are, you know, have the Pac-10's number one defense and the number three offense. Uh, but Oregon has a number two offense. Despite uh, that Georgia blowout in week one where they couldn't get anything going, they have worked their way all the way up to number two in the Pac-12 um ucla i would say has the edge at quarterback but how much of an edge may determine saturday's winner yeah um fun game two 40 point offenses bo nix has played well i mean mm-hmm. he, he's a punchline on twitter sometimes because of the unexpectedness of his play you know something may happen that you haven't seen in a while when he's <laughs> on the field but um 
He's not well. afraid to improvise. He's not no, afraid to no, improvise. No, that's, that's it. Which I don't mind at all. Um, 40 points or more every week since the Georgia loss. They, they've kind of handled their business there at home. They have game day there. But UCLA is, is such an interesting team. I mean, because they, they've combined veteran experience with Dorian Thompson Robinson, Zach Charbonnet with some transfer portal ads. And that's made them very fast, very physical. You know, I, I didn't, I think I may have already said this on this podcast. Sorry if I did, but when I was watching Tim Brando and uh, Tillman call their game a couple weeks ago, they were saying that they thought UCLA was better than USC. And I was kind of like, no. But after the last two weeks, I've kind of, they're right. That's why those guys do that. They, they know what they're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, this is an, a tremendous opportunity for the Bruins and Chip Kelly against his former team to break through. And if they win, they'll probably be ranked six or seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for that game. It's going to be really fun. And again, we've said it multiple weeks on this podcast. It's just so fun to have the Pac-12 involved in so many big games after mm-hmm. years of kind of anonymity out there on the West Coast with USC not really being a factor and no one totally stepping up into the void for that conference. Honorable mention for <laughs> the Saturday afternoon window, we've got number 20 Texas at number 11 Oklahoma State, 330 ABC. Texas enters this game as a six-point favorite. Uh, loser will have two Big 12 losses, and that will uh, the, the, the loser will have an uphill battle trying to get back into one of the two spots for the Big 12 championship game. Texas has played just one road game against six home games, another team that's been at home pretty much the whole first half of the year. So they will have a test on the road. And uh, the Horns, their only road game, they lost 37-34 at Texas Tech. Of course, Quinn Ewers didn't play in that game. Um, Ewers will be out there on Saturday. He, he actually looked mortal against a good Iowa State defense last Saturday. Uh, they won 24-21. Ewers was only 17 for 26 172 yards, and he threw for three touchdowns. So, I mean, mortal for Ewers is a little different than he, – he's got a different scale than a lot of other quarterbacks. But um, right. Texas better be ready for a, for a road test. I'm surprised the line – I'm surprised they're favored in some ways. I'm surprised mm-hmm. the line is that high because – well, and I, expect, I expect a one-score game. The last five between these two have been one-score games. Um, Ewers is definitely – like I said, I mean, that's – Ewers reminds me of Caleb Williams last year where he came out Oklahoma game huge. And now there's going to be some ups and downs because he's still learning the game. I still think he's, I feel the same way about him that I feel about Caleb Williams that, and I'm not getting off on a too much of a diatribe here. The two quarterbacks in college that I would take in the NFL, if I was a first round, if I needed a first round quarterback are Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers. I would take those two first. I'm not saying C.J. Stroud, you know, like I'd take him too, but the first two I would take are Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers, and neither one of them is this year, so that's not a problem. But, um, you know, Oklahoma State, I think they have to bounce back here, play with a sense of desperation there at home. They let that one slip away last week because they didn't play in the second half. So um, anticipating a really close game. I forget who I picked. I, I, I think I picked Oklahoma State to win. So yeah, I did in our picks this week. So it, it will, cover, huh? it'll definitely be a close game. Yeah. So I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. 
The CBS 330 game uh, in the SEC is number seven Ole Miss at LSU. This line's been bouncing around. The last I saw LSU is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which is curious considering that LSU is unranked. And like I said, Ole Miss is undefeated and number seven. Um, yeah, But it's funny, Ole Miss, like I said, they're, they're undefeated, but LSU has been in the headlines, it seems like, more than the Rebels this year, even with Mr. Headline, Lane Giffen, at the controls. You know, but it's it's about to get real for the Rebs. You know, they got this week, they got Texas A&M, they got Alabama, they got Arkansas, and they have Mississippi State. So it's it's hard to believe they're going to make it through that unscathed. Um, and even this week, like I said, they're underdogs uh, against LSU. But uh, do you agree with that line? Don't you think the Rebels should be at least favored? I thought it, moved, it was moving down a little bit. I, I definitely think they should be favored. They have the rushing attack. They've done all those things you've said with Lane Kiffin. They've quietly gone about their business and have an mm-hmm. undefeated team. Show more consistency at the quarterback position than LSU has. LSU's been up and down. Which again, you've written about this bill that first year coaches, that's gonna happen. So, you know, the peaks and valleys with Brian Kelly are very real. Um, fun game though. I mean, this is one that if you're an old miss, like we I was saying on yesterday's podcast, that I think they have a very real opportunity to beat Alabama this year, but it won't matter if they can't get there undefeated because they're the, the one unbeat unbeaten SEC team that it would be easiest to discard if they lose. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, no, that's a mess. They lost. Get get them out of here. But I I I like them. I like their chances on the road, and it should be a fun game. Yeah, Jaden Daniels has been a little bit of a wild card at quarterback for LSU. He's capable of being, you know, very good, like he was against Florida, and then he's capable of struggling, like he has a few times Tennessee game. Um, so you know, you don't know what you're going to get. It's uh, that would be a stay away for me as far as right. trying to pick a winner. Um, so that was the Saturday afternoon window. Very uh, eventful, very t- tasty uh, menu there uh, in the afternoon. Now the Saturday night window, number 17, Kansas State. We're going to go to the Big 12. Number 17, Kansas State at number 8, TCU. Again, Fox or FS1. haven't announced it yet, but it's going to be an 8 o'clock kick. TCU, three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The only two unbeatens in Big 12 play, uh, but it would be um, – It'd be a shock if 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 either neither makes it to the, it wouldn't be a shock if neither made it to the Big Twelve title game in in, in Dallas. I don't think they're the, the two top two teams right now. But I, I don't know. I just have a feeling there's going to be some losses. There's going to be some cannibalization in the Big Twelve at the top. You know, Kansas State's coming off an open week. They beat Iowa State ten nine last time out. Uh, TCU is actually outgaining Kansas State by 123 yards a game right now. Can the Wildcats keep up? Do you think this is a letdown spot for TCU? But on paper, it looks like TCU should be a solid favorite. A lot of, lot of purple in this game. A lot, a lot of, of running the football, too. These are the two best teams in the Big 12 when it comes to running the football. Um, Kansas State style a little bit different with Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez, who, by the way, no interceptions this year. Um mm. Wonderful job by Colin Klein, the former Kansas State quarterback and offensive coordinator. But also a wonderful job for Max Duggan and TCU. They can run the ball, too. They they have a diversified offense. Um, I mean, it's a, a really going to be a tight game. If TCU could run through four straight-ranked teams, ranked at the time, don't care. They were ranked. Um, <laughs> it counts. Um, I think if TCU wins here, you can count on seeing them in Dallas. Now, what it looks like with one loss or two losses, I don't know, but – 
I mean, that would just give them such an advantage in this race to get to Dallas and um, be a part of the playoff mix. So, yeah, another fun game in the Big 12 and not not as overshadowed as it was last week because it was up against Alabama, Tennessee. Right. You know, TCU's got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State out of the way at this point. So, yeah, if they do knock off Kansas State, they're going to be in great shape. Um, I just – I don't know. I don't know if they can get get through undefeated uh, before they get to uh, – before they get to Dallas. Honorable mention on the night slate, SEC, number 24, Mississippi State at number six, Alabama, seven o'clock on ESPN. Alabama is a, what do I got, 21-point favorite in this one. Both teams obviously coming off losses. Everyone knows about the Alabama loss. Mississippi State got beat by Kentucky. They're 0-2 on the road in the SEC so far. They lost to uh, LSU and Kentucky, both by double digits. Uh, I think Mississippi State only scored 10 points on offense last week uh, in a 27-17 loss. They had a pick six. Um, Interesting stat. Where's Alabama's head going to be? Can they bounce back? Well, since 2015, Alabama has lost to an SEC team and then had to play an SEC team the next week, only twice. And both times it happened to be against Mississippi State. And uh, they were bad. The first time they beat (laughs) Mississippi State by 31 points. And then last year, coming off the Texas A&M loss, Alabama beat Mississippi State by 40 points. So Bama's been in this spot before and has taken out their frustrations on the Bulldogs. Can it happen three times? Well, again, we talked about this yesterday. Don't take it for granted. I mean, yeah, it should. We were all anticipating angry Bama and all that kind of stuff, but Will Rogers can throw it around. They better fix their pass defense. They better come at the quarterback. They didn't do that last week. And um, (laughs) I still think they win handily because I I do think that matters, that they should be focused. They should be angry. They should be all those things, but it comes down to they've got to clean up the penalties. If they don't do that, if they have 80 yards of penalties, they'll win this game 42 to like 27, 42 to 30, something like that. And we'll be asking the same old questions. We'll be like, is this really Alabama? But I mean, the talent's there to, for them to blow out. And Mississippi State's inconsistent from week to week. I mean, they were ranked two weeks ago, impressive. Then they have a blip against LSU, impressive win blip against Kentucky. So, and I think Alabama's defense will cause them enough problems that the Crimson Tide get back in the win column. Yeah. Like you said, Alabama, 80 yards and penalties a game. Mississippi state actually has 70 yards and penalties a game. So they also have a, an undisciplined streak to them that they need to clean up before playing Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. Alabama has won the last two games by a combined score of 90 to nine. So that tells me that they at least have Mike Leach's scheme figured out on some level. They didn't have the Josh Heupel figured out. I think they have this one figured out a little bit. Agree. Agree. One other uh, noteworthy game in the Saturday night window, Minnesota at number 16, Penn State, ABC 730. Penn State four-and-a-half-point favorite. Penn State obviously was hammered by Michigan on Saturday. Hung around on the scoreboard into the third quarter, but was dominated statistically for four quarters. You wrote about it on Saturday a little bit of a reality check in State College for Minnesota. Tanner Morgan, questionable after leaving what looked like with a concussion against Illinois on Saturday in the second quarter. Minnesota trailed 10-7 at the time of the injury, lost 26-14, and they only gained 180 yards on the day. Where, where do you see this one? How do you see this one playing out? 
whiteout. Let's see how much energy they have in the whiteout. And I've been to a few of those. It's to me, I mean, other than a night game at Tiger Stadium in LSU, it is awesome. They are awesome when you go to one. It's it's intimidating. It's hard to function mm-hmm. if you're the other team. And that's why I like Penn State to bounce back. One thing with them, though, they need to get back to running the ball. In that game, it, let, you, you pointed this. So I pointed this out to you, and you, as you so often do, kind of not corrected me, but <laughs> steered me in the right direction. So I was like, why did Nick Singleton only have six touches last week? Well, they, and as you told me, they didn't have the ball. <laughs> they didn't have the ball against Michigan. And um, it, it, that's the case. They got to establish the run. They got to make Sean Clifford comfortable. They have to win this game because if they lose, uh, you'll hear Drew Aller talk again. He played late in the Michigan game. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll, who gives them the best chance to win to Ohio State? That can get exhausting. But again, fun environment, tough spot for Minnesota if they don't have Morgan, too. Right. No doubt about it. So we will see how that one plays out. So that's that's your viewing window preview. Now we'll go to get into uh, our expert picks. Do we qualify as experts, Bill? I'm not, not really <laughs> we did sure. Better did we? We're, we're we did better last week, didn't we? We did do better last week. So the update goes, Bender goes three and one last week. Our confidence contest, for those of you who haven't been following along, we, we do it like a bowl confidence uh, pool every week. We pick four games. Uh, assign a point value to the most confident four points three points two points one point all against the spread and we can pick any game we want bender went three and one got seven points last week i went two and two with six points we agreed that clemson and usc would cover and we were correct on that one you also had tennessee covering uh so the scoreboard now for the season trochi uh sorry bender 31 points trochi 28 points tight race tight race uh so before we get into our picks for this week, a little Trochi trivia. Bill Bender, you've been on fire. I have not been able to get you in a while. We'll see what happens this week. I need four answers out of you this week. Okay. Four answers out of you this week. Can you name the nation's leader in rushing yards per game? Don't answer yet. We're answering after we make our picks. Rushing yards per game, rushing touchdowns, receiving yards per game, receiving touchdowns among Power 5 players. There has to be a Power 5 guy. Power 5 players. So I'm not going to stick you with some random Tulsa guy or something like that. So Power 5 players, rushing yards per game, rushing touchdowns, receiving yards per game, receiving touchdowns. I might be in trouble today. We'll see how that goes for you. Now, you won last week, so you can kick us off with your four-pointer. You give your four-pointer, then I'll give more my four-pointer, and we'll go down the list from there. When you pick, give me your, your the two teams, the spread, and, and, and let me know why you're going to be right. Four-pointer, I just talked about it, so I, I, I'm going to go Penn State at home. I think Penn State minus four and a half against Minnesota at home. I, I like the whiteout. I think they bounce back. I, I think that's worth a touchdown at home. It's not, they normally do their whiteouts against Ohio State and Penn State, which can, or Ohio State and Michigan, and that can backfire on you. But uh, that, I, I like that opportunity for the Nittany Lions to get back on track. I think they do give the ball to Nick Singleton more than six times this week, so I don't have to complain about that to you. <laughs> and then uh, the Nittany Lions get the win. Okay, I can see that. Uh, my four-pointer, Duke. 
plus nine at Miami. Duke has not lost a game by more than eight points all season, including games at Kansas and against North Carolina. Miami has not won a game by more than six points against a power five team. So I'm not sure what Miami's done to deserve to be a nine point favorite. Uh, The one uh, power five win they have is against two and five Virginia tech. So I'll take Duke plus the points and I wouldn't be surprised if they won the game. That's, are we in basketball season already? Getting up on that, uh, what's that thing the Corsi covers for us at Sporting News? The, what do they call that thing? The Champions Classic? All-State Classic? I can't remember. Um, for three points, I'm going to go to the American Athletic Conference. Mm. Cincinnati plays SMU on the road, and they're getting three, but I'm going to take the Bearcats here. I understand what they're doing. Um, Cincinnati's had a couple close shaves in American athletic conference play. Um, but SMU, they, they played that. I think you, you went for the upset last week on our underdog challenge where you took Navy against them. They, they give up a lot of points. I think Cincinnati's going to be able to run the football. Luke fickle. They're still sitting there as the team in the best position other than maybe Tulane to be the new year's day six representative from the group of five, but I'm going to go with the Bearcats minus three Luke fickle. Um, they keep rolling. They, they they go to six and one. Okay. Okay. I will take Alabama minus 21 against Mississippi state, Mississippi state. I I mentioned this already. They, their offense only produced 10 points against Kentucky last week. Uh, Saban has not had a difficulty slowing down the leech air raid in the past. Um, You know, the Bulldogs have been in this spot before getting blown out by an Alabama team coming off a loss. I see it happening again. Saban's message this week is going to be, Our goals are all still in front of us. We can still win the SEC West. We can still win the SEC Championship. We can still get to the playoff. We can still win the National Championship. And I think the players will will buy in to his message. Um, Whether or not they can cut down on the penalties and solve all their other issues, I don't know. But I think they're they're primed to bounce back with a blowout of the Bulldogs. So I'll take take Alabama. That's not a bad call. Um, Two, I've struggled with this one. But I like putting the big games on my sheet. I just do. Um, I'm going to take UCLA plus six at Oregon. I'm going to take them to cover, knowing the last two games are plus three. Uh, they've, they've been decided by three points. This is Chip Kelly's best shot. I mean, what to upstage Oregon and game day, I think they're two pretty even teams. I've watched enough of both of them to say, I do think Oregon will win the football game. But I like UCLA's chances to make it a Pac-12 thriller on par with what we saw with Utah and USC last week. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bruins. They've they've covered as an underdog against Pac-12 opponents their last two games, and they've won those games. So why not keep rolling with the Bruins and those beautiful – although they're going to be wearing the white jerseys. The white jerseys aren't as cool as the blue ones, Bill. No, you're right there. And remember, the two times they covered, though, were at home. I don't – I disagree with this pick. I didn't put it on my list. I hope you're right because right. I'm rooting for UCLA. I, I think I like it when that you know that's been a long time since they've been relevant. I've been a fan of Chip Kelly, but I don't see it happening this week. I think Oregon proved themselves to be a really strong home team in their win over BYU when that was kind of a hyped up game, and Bo Nix came through and they dominated that game. And I just, I'm worried about 
how UCLA is going to take this thing on the road. And so we'll see. But I hope you're right. But I like Oregon in that one. Uh, my two-pointer, you referenced it earlier as your four-pointer. I'm taking Penn State. Four and a half. I mean, that's that's not that's not too much. And especially with Tanner Morgan, questionable. But backup, Ethan uh, Kalik Manis was two for six for 17 yards and two interceptions against Illinois in a little over two and a half quarters. Uh, Mo Ibrahim is, is a you know hundred yard rushing machine. He's great, and we all know that Minnesota. I mean, sorry, Michigan ran over Penn State, so there's potential there for Ibrahim to have a, a big game. But you know, I think the Lions are, are better than they looked against Michigan. Pressure's off a bit at home. We got the whiteout going. Morgan's questionable, so yeah, like you, I think they covered this line. That feels like a twenty-seven to fourteen or a thirty to seventeen type game for Penn State. I, I'm actually very confident in that one. So down to my one. We talked about it earlier as a coin flip. Um, I'm going to trust Ole Miss one and plus one point five at LSU. I, I think uh, I'm going to trust them to get through that game because I love it. All these discussions about what football is and what I, they, I get annoyed with them because if you can run the football, good things will happen. Michigan proved that last week and Ole Miss has a rushing attack that can wear you out. And that travels to me, their offensive line will travel. Their defense gets after it. Um, not easy. I mean, not a little antsy about the pick just because Brian Kelly's a, a heck of a football coach that people are, finally figuring that out when you don't <laughs> scroll through Twitter that the guy can coach football and he's not bad. Um, so, I mean, Ole Miss better be careful here, but I'm going to trust the Rebels, trust Lane Kiffin. They've been good against the spread this year for the most part, and um, they get the win. All right, I got it down. Now, my one-pointer, I'm going the Big 12. West Virginia plus seven at Texas Tech. Uh, not sure Texas Tech deserves to be a seven-point favorite. Obviously, they had a good win over Texas, but Texas had no Quinn Ewers that week. Coming off an open week, they're facing uh, – they've faced five ranked teams in a row, um, which is interesting. But, you know, all the way back to Houston and NC State, you know, they've kind of fallen off since then. But uh, West Virginia is coming off a 43-40 win over Baylor last Thursday. If you look at the quarterbacks, JT Daniels of West Virginia and Donovan Smith of Texas Tech almost have identical numbers across the board, except Smith has seven interceptions. JT Daniels only has three. I think this is a field goal game either way, so I will take the seven points uh, and take the Mountaineers. And that would put them back in our bull projections. We don't have – I know that was a big win for them last week, but somebody in the Big 12 is going to be left out of a bull game. They, they I mean, unless we have – everybody in the conference at six. They're the only power five conference where every team has a chance to make a bowl game, which mm. is wild. So good for the big 12, but that's not a bad pick at all, Bill. I like the way JT Daniels played last week. He, I just like his style. He fights. He, he's been a fighter all season and uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. So to review Bender's going with Penn state minus four and a half against uh, Minnesota at home, Cincinnati minus three, Against SMU, UCLA plus six on the road at Oregon, and Ole Miss plus one and a half at LSU. My four, I like Duke plus nine at Miami, Bama minus 21. Sorry, Duke is plus nine. Did I say that? Uh, Bama, 
Bama minus 21 at home against Mississippi State. Penn State minus four and a half at home against Minnesota. And West Virginia getting seven at Texas Tech. So those are the confidence picks for the week. We'll see if I can finally pass you in the standings for the first time. I will be tracking that all Saturday afternoon. And uh, let's get back to our trivia answer. Bill Bender, among Power 5 players, give me the four players in these four categories. Rushing yards per game, rushing touchdowns, receiving yards per game, receiving touchdowns. Are they all Big Ten guys? No. Well, that that, that kind of throws off what I thought they would be then, because <laughs> I thought you were going for a theme here. Um, so I'm probably not going to get any of these right. Uh, is Chase Brown rushing yards? Correct. One for one. Look out. We didn't get shut out. Blake Corum from Illinois. Blake Corum. Blake Corum. Touchdowns. Now the receiver. Two of of Sporting News midseason All-Americans right there. Right. Um, Receiving yards per game. Is it Charlie Jones? It is not Charlie Jones. Okay. That's where I – who is it? Because it influences (laughs) – Rome Adunze from Washington. Good for him. 115.5 yards per game. That is a guy flying under the radar. He is leading the nation 115.5 yards per game or leading the pit uh, among power five. Charlie Jones is having a good year at Purdue. So that's why it was the uh, easiest guess there. Um, So touchdowns, now I'm conflicted because I want (laughs) to. Is it is it Hyatt for Tennessee? I'll give you a hint. He had five touchdowns yeah, this week. Hyatt. Okay, so it's Hyatt. Yeah, Jalen Because I was going to say Marvin Harrison. Because mm-hmm. I think he's right there. But Hyatt with five touchdowns, it would be – he has like 11, right? 10. 10 or 11. He's got 10 now. Okay, yeah. so not bad. Three or four, that's normally what I do. Um, and I'll have to watch more Washington football apparently. But exactly. That yeah. one – that was that was unfair. I, I've never I've never heard of that guy. But we've had – you know, like you. you said, that that's a good way to remind listeners that – our midseason All-American team was out. I, you know what? I, I want to tell you this too. Every time we do it, and then we put it out there, I always have this like pang because I'm like, did we miss somebody? But I think we did all right. Um, the one I always tell people that the first year I did this at Sporting News was we put Derek Barnett on our All-American team ahead of Miles Garrett, who Miles Garrett that year had like four and a half sacks. So we're like, but everybody's like, oh, he's the best player, blah blah blah, and. Like, well, he only has four and a half sacks. You have to produce some. So every – I mean, Barnett's had a good NFL career, but probably should have had Miles Garrett on the first team that year. So I always admit to that one. That was, But it was my first year doing it, and that's the one that <laughs> I've never forgot because I just – you realize how much people care about these things even when they say the All-American teams don't matter. Right. So, yeah, you can check out the full team at sportingnews.com, and that'll do it. For our Wednesday edition, enjoy week eight. We got some good games to track. should be an exciting week, and we will find out next week at this time if I have passed Bill in our confidence (laughs) contest. We will see. All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, for coming and joining and listening to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast.
Thank you.